What's up, guys? Uh, back on for my second scheduled YouTube Live. Waiting for some people to tune in. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit shorter than last week, but I uh, really enjoyed myself getting on here and answering y'all's questions, so I just wanted to do it again. I actually got a couple emails that I wanted to start off the, uh, the episode with because uh, personally, I hate typing. And um, somebody asked me some long questions. Two different people asked me some pretty long questions. And rather than type out my response, I asked them if I could answer their question on, uh, on this episode. And they, they said yes. Well, actually, one of them said yes. And the other person didn't respond. So I'm just going to answer their question anyway. And I'm just not going to mention their name. So um, I'm just going to jump right in. So I got this email a few days ago. And um, it says, hello, Rob. I've seen several of your, your videos on YouTube. I was most impressed with the 10 reasons not to have sex before marriage. However, I wanted to get any advice or just connect with you about living as a single guy that's not having sex. I'm 46 years old. I'm a Christian, and I had never had intercourse. It's impressive. For most folks, if they read that, they would assume that I was either very unattractive, overweight, had some major health problems, or some obvious reason that would cause me not to be not sexing around with women. <laughs> I'm six foot three, usually around 250 pounds, body build and drive a Corvette, all the outward stuff that would attract women, which usually does. However, as a Christian, I've wanted to honor God, protect my future marriage and not damage myself emotionally and spiritually in my dating. Smart guy. When I came to know the Lord in college, I took relating to women very seriously. I wouldn't do certain things or spend too much time alone. Get to, I would get to know her as a friend first, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff you hear in church to do. Excuse me. Let me straighten this out. I wake up each day. With almost a bitter, I, w I wake up each day now with almost a bitter feeling. Where is my wife, God? I did it the way you want it, and no one ever came along. Why, God? I sometimes get depressed, and I'm currently struggling with anger towards God. I still want to honor God, but my resolve is beginning to waver. I live by myself and often spend most of my weekends alone, hanging out in my apartment. Should I be out dating for the sake of dating or continue to live this uh, quote unquote secluded lifestyle? in an effort to be wise in my relationships with women. To top it all off, I have seen or heard of many single Christian women who decided to abandon Christian guys for dating non-Christian guys for the sex. Is it abnormal to stay in or should we hang out with many women? So that was the question I got. Wow, holy crap. I mean, first off, I got to take my hat off to this guy. 46 years old, good looking guy, drives a Corvette and he's never had sex. So I can't imagine. I mean, I think that I... I look at what I've done and I feel I'm proud of myself. I am. I feel like I've ran a marathon or multiple marathons, an ultra distance race in many ways. But I haven't done that, you know, 46 years old and to still be a virgin and, and a good looking guy. So, you know, he's he's not he's not um, it's not forced celibacy, you know, which I've heard before. This guy's made, made a choice to do this on his own. So first off, I take my hat off to you. You're a man of, um, you know, excellent character, you know, and not many people would, have ever done that. So first off, I would say that. Secondly, um, I understand those feelings of bitterness and, and anger towards God. I mean, some days I have, I have that with God, you know, prayers to God are like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is cruel and unusual punishment. You know, for those of you who don't know me, I've been absent at 12 of the last 18 years. So I, I feel like, you know, on some levels it's, it's not normal what I've been through. So I totally have those feelings and I'm like, you know, why is it taking this long? This is, this is ridiculous. And, but at the end of the day, I look at this, I'm like, what's the alternative? You know, he, he's asking, should he date the date? 
And no, I don't think you should date to date because why? It's like, would I want to go into a restaurant and, and smell food and not eat it? You know, like, of course not. I don't want to go in and smell food <laughs> and not eat it. You know, I think C.S. Lewis, I remember reading Mere Christianity and he compared people like men that go in strip clubs to people that would like, you know, imagine seeing a piece of steak dangled in front of your face, but you could never eat it. We just looked at it all the time. You would think those people were weird, right? But people do that in strip clubs all the time. You see a girl dancing and you look at her and you, you're no, you're not going to hook up with her, or at least most of the guys there aren't, but they look at it. It's, it's the same thing, right? And um, so I would say, no, don't date just to date. Um, cultivate a good, a good group of platonic friends that you can do life with, which is exactly what I did. Cause I, you know, I've been there where you're at. I did, you know, the first six years I sheltered myself like he's doing, I stayed in a lot and then I burnt out and I went, I went back to the bars and the clubs because I wanted to be around people. And then the last six years, I cultivated great friendships, and it's made it a lot more, uh, a lot easier to maintain my my purity, my sexual purity, my abstinence. Um, it's not, it, it hasn't made it easy, and uh, it's made it easier, but it still doesn't fill that void completely because sometimes you just want the dynamic of having somebody, having sex, having someone to lay lay next to and cuddle with, and. And yeah, I mean, I get resentful. I was, I was depressed last weekend. I was at a party with lots of friends and, you know, most of the people there were, were in couples and some of them there were, um, so most of the, most of the people had kids and here I'm like, you know, 12 of the last 18 years I've been single and, and not even, you know, sex free, single and sex free, not even a date really. And you see people that have that you knew before that, that weren't or that were single and now they're married and they have like a, a kid running around. And that's, that's the hardest thing is when you, because then you really realize how long it's been. But I still go back to the fact that God has a plan. And, um, if, if they're, if you're single, there's a reason, you know, you have to find it. Every adversity has a seed, a seed of an equal or greater benefit benefit. I said that in the video recently for me, that benefit was, you know, I created an organization that I believe has the power to change the world because only because I was dying because I was single and I was absent and I didn't have a girl. I didn't have the crutch of a female anymore because I couldn't date out of, uh, I couldn't mindless date anymore. So I, I created this thing, City Fam, and that was my pearl. You know, that was, that was the benefit. And I wrote a book and now I'm working on home. So you have to find your thing. There, there's a benefit of you being single this long and you have to find it, but you can't play victim. You can't say, woe is me and, and feel sorry for yourself. You have to find it. And that's, that's what Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich is every adversity has the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Now, I will say you shouldn't be sitting at home alone every night by yourself either. Go out. Get a social life. If you're not part of a faith community, you, you, know, you're, you say you're a Christian, you find a good church. If you're in a church that doesn't have a good you know, young adults or you know, whatever you would consider 46, then get find another church i mean don't be married to one church don't be loyal to a church and be miserable you know i go to a church in baltimore called epic and it's amazing it's not sundays it's life you know like we are it's community it's seven days a week you know people are spending time with each other and and there for each other and that's what you that's what you need to do so i would find a good faith community hey look if you want to start a city fam absolutely hit me up rob at cityfam.com you can email me and um, I, one, one, last, oh, and join the why waiting works community because I wasn't going to say this. I get so many women 
they say no guys are waiting anymore. They're always complaining. It's more girls that are waiting than guys. So here, ladies, I want you to hear this. This is a 46-year-old guy that bodybuilds, that's a virgin, that drives a Corvette, okay? So they are out there. So I don't want to hear any shit from any of you ladies trying to tell me that nobody does it anymore because they do it. You, you know, so I think it's just a cop out on, on women's parts, on some women's parts, because they, they don't, it's, it's the fear. It's the enemy. The enemy wants to make you afraid and say, well, there's nobody out there that does it anymore. So you'll never find a guy. So don't wait. Fear always comes from the enemy. So I encourage anybody out there, any ladies out there watching, there are guys out there. And this guy sounds like a hell of a catch. And I'm not going to mention your name, brother, but go to Why Waiting Works community Join the join out there for support and conversation. And if you do meet your wife, I expect a invitation to the wedding. So I want to move on to the second question. <clears throat> so this was sent to me uh, also a couple days ago by um, a woman. I won't mention the name, but she says a year ago I experienced something mystical and most peculiar for my sense of reason. But it woke me. It woke me from my depression and showed me suddenly, even though I had wasted so much time, the years ahead could be filled with love. And there is. There has developed an increase in spiritual awareness, but I don't feel I was cut out to be a nun. And when you get to my age, the, desi the desires and longings are just as strong in thought, even if the bodily functions fall a bit behind and you are very aware of the value of time, which governs our biological aging. I think God is aware that after all, he did make you us, not a hair, etc. This, and here's the question, how long are you going to continue this abstinence? And what is going to be the deciding criteria to relinquish it? So <clears throat> that's a good question. For me, I've already made the decision in my mind that I'll, I'll never relinquish. I'll never quit. I will die this way if I have to. Now, listen, I'm human. And that doesn't mean that I couldn't make a mistake. All of us are um, capable of, of any sin given the right situation. But I'm not, I'll never intentionally quit. I'll never give up and turn on. I mean, because at that point, I, that's, that's me intentionally separating myself from God's will. So I'd much rather be in the center of God's will, waiting for him, even if it's hard, even if at times I'm depressed, even if at times I'm miserable, I'd rather be in the center of his will. And because and at least it gives me hope, you know, and for me, you know, all my relationships failed anyway. They were good for maybe a month or two, sometimes three or four, maybe. And then usually I would get bored and I would start looking over my shoulder, wondering if I could be happier with the next girl. So, you know, I don't, I don't want that. I want the one. I want God to tell me who to date and when. And until then, I'm going to continue to work my ass off and make as big of an impact as possible and prepare for the day that she comes. And um, I'll never relinquish it. I don't care how old I am because I'm 45 and I have those conversations with God too. And I'm assuming this woman's probably even a little bit older than that. But I would say, you know, what, what's the alternative really? I mean, the alternative, you know, I think about, I think about Peter when, uh, when Jesus, you know, he was talking about, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody started walking away thinking this guy's crazy. And he looked at his disciples and he said, do you want to leave too? And they said, where would we go? We gave up, we gave up everything for you. And that's the way you have to be. That's, that has to be your mindset when it comes to this is like, where, where would you go? You know, I mean, there's no, there's no other alternative. This is it, you know, burn the ships. There's no going back. So God either brings that person into your life or, or, you know, the way I feel is I'm going to die trying. I'm going to die waiting for that person. I'm going to learn to be happy as happy as I can be without them. 
So that was it. That that was my answer to that question. So I want to I want to tackle some of the questions that you guys are asking now. Um, so hey, Charity, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. First time watching live. Hey, William Sheila, thanks for coming back. Uh, hey, Tammy from Sydney, Australia. Wow, that's awesome. I was just talking to a guy from uh, Australia uh, two days ago. He called me on Facebook Messenger. Um, so it's so hard to be abstinent, but I'm not giving up. It's a really good advice you're giving us. Thanks. It, it's the best strategy. Listen, it's selfish. Okay, be, waiting till marriage is a selfish move. People think I'm crazy when I say that, but it's your best chance of finding true love and long-term happiness. The chances of you finding love, real love, with a soulmate, a, a helpmate, the person that God made for you that's going to help you reach your full potential and reach your purpose, the chances of you finding them, doing it the way that everybody else does, sleeping with them out quickly, is you better have a better chance of hitting the lottery. Seriously. So for me, it's a selfish move. Yes, it's hard. I go to the gym. Not the, you know, I go to the gym for selfish reasons, right? Everybody understands that. Like, I don't go to the gym to please God. I go to the gym because for me, I want to look and feel a certain way. It's the same thing when it comes to finding love. I'm doing this for selfish reasons. I want to be happy long term. And I believe that this is the best strategy for finding that person. So, um, thank you. I'm not going to try to pronounce your name. Well, actually, I will. Noku Bangwa Mamba. Thank you. Uh, so guys don't wait. <laughs> I just read somebody that does wait Vita. Uh, okay. So hit me with some questions. I'm, I'm looking through, um, thank you for being so relatable. I try. Okay. I'm 56. Uh, let's see. I lost it there. I'm 56 and have gone through a divorce for the last one and a half years. It's shocking, shocking to suddenly be without a partner. No one my age expects to hear this. Yeah, that's got to be tough. You know, I will say something as it relates to that. I get a lot of people that have, um, you know, like when I, they find out that I'm waiting and I'm pursuing this path, they say things like, oh, well, you had your fun. You know, like, like it's easier for me to, to pursue this path because I've had sex, uh, a lot of sex, a lot of good sex. And I, I always say to them, yeah, that that that's like saying you get heroin out of your system. It doesn't work that way. What happens is you become addicted to it. You become addicted to sex and, and it's much, much harder to stop after you've started. So, um, I can imagine at 56 years old and having, uh, been married, you know, and having someone to go to bed with every night and have sex with whenever you want, going to the point where you're going to bed alone and not able to have sex whenever you want. Um, that's gotta be difficult. So my heart goes out to you. Hey, Monica, thanks for following from Brazil. Awesome. I'd love to visit one day. Let's get a city fam going there. Um, Lady T, I'm wondering if I should put that abstinent, put that I'm abstinent in my dating profile. What do you think, Rob? I would 100%. Hmm. I don't know if I'd use that word abstinent, but I would put it in there because it's going to weed out the joker so fast. Like I, I've talked about this on the last video and Personally, I think that um, I think that it attracts the right guy faster. So I, I want you to, you know, for me, okay, I've been on this path for a while now, several years. But before that, I was not looking for love. I wasn't even looking for a girlfriend. What I was looking for was sex. So if I would have seen that from a girl, I wouldn't even have responded. 
right? So you would have automatically got rid of me. You would have gone through the duds a lot faster. Now, if I was, if I, I don't do online dating, but if I did do online dating and I saw a girl that said that, it would intrigue me. It would attract me to her because that I would be because it's so rare, and and the kind of guy that I am now, where I am looking for love, it would attract me. So what if you were asking me, should you put that on your profile? Absolutely, you're going to get people call you stupid. You're going to get people tell you you're crazy, and no one's going to do that. And let them let them talk. Let them just run their mouth and and just keep it moving. But the right guy will be intrigued by that. So. I would, I would not hesitate, and I always encourage people to put it out there as quickly as possible. If you're serious about waiting, put it out as quickly as possible because I wouldn't even go on one date with somebody. Why waste your time? If they're not supportive of that decision, then just then don't even bother. Shirley, hey, from Frisco, Texas. Thank you. <clears throat> God is in control. That's right. Yes, I am in, in Maryland, Vida, Baltimore. Are you? Uh, MB, I'm 27 and still a virgin waiting for God to send me that right person, but it is so hard. It is very hard. That's right. I mean, everything good, everything that works is hard. You know, I, I tell people, I'm like, name one thing <clears throat> where instant gratification produces long-term happiness. If you think about it, there's not one, there's nothing. Actually, everything that, that works is hard. So whether it's buying a house, whether it's, saving money, you know, to buy a house or, or going to going to school and getting the, a diploma, like whatever it is, if it's getting in great shape, if it's dieting, if it's exercise, everything requires discipline and it's hard. But don't you usually appreciate things that you've had to work hard for? You do, right? And that's why I believe that uh, God set it up this way because he wants you to work for it. And it's really that work. It's that person that you become in the process that he does it. So I, I always talk about, um, you know, God takes you through a season. He'll take you through the wilderness. You know, he'll, he'll take you out of a place of slavery and take you through the wilderness to get to your promised land. But that wilderness prepares you for the promised land. <clears throat> you don't, it's who you become so that you're, you're prepared for the blessing that he wants to give you. So in the meantime, you know, you say you're 27 years old, just work on yourself. Take that energy that you would use on a man and put it into yourself, you know, for me, I've read a lot of books. I volunteer. Um, you know, I, I've, I've built a nonprofit. I wrote a book. I mean, whatever it is, learn a language. You know, just become the absolute best version of yourself, and then you're going to attract a higher quality mate. Jen Logan, the waiting is not a problem for me. I get, let's see, I get 104%. I get it 104%. Here's my question. Gathering people to do the eight-week City Fam kickoff is the problem. I know zero people and haven't found a home church yet. Okay. So Jen, again, I, you know, for me, I, I found my tribe, um, a lot of them was in a great faith community. So you say you haven't found a, a home church yet. So keep, just check, go to a different one every Sunday if you have to, until you find one. There's a website and I'm going to give it to you now. It's called arcchurches.com. So A-R-C churches. So if you go arc church, find a church, if you Google that, the page will come up. You can put in your zip code. And all the churches that basically subscribe to their their principles, um, uh, they'll they'll pop up. And I, I go to an art church, and they're very contemporary. You know, like most of them have coffee. You can kind of wear whatever you want, jeans or whatever. So you're probably going to find some people like minded people there, depending on what you're like. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to go to a traditional church because I'm not. It's just not who I am. So I would check out that. 
And if you have to go to a different one, um, but look for look for it like it's your job. It took me a long time to cultivate the community, the city fam community that I have now. I mean, and I, I feel your pain. It is. It's so hard. It is. But there are people out there, and they're, and I say it all the time, they're either staying at home, bored out of their mind on the weekends because they don't want to go out and make bad decisions, or they're in the bars, a lot of them, and they're making bad decisions, and they're, they're not wanting to, but they're like, well, what's the alternative? They're just bored. So you have to find those. You can find those people, and we will find those people. I'm confident of that. But I would start with a good faith community, and then, um, you know, <clears throat> we'll, we'll walk with you through it. So even if it's, even if it's three people, listen, when I started city fam, it was two of us. It was me and a guy named Billy Lofton. And we would sit around every weekend and we would look at each other and go, what do you want to do tonight? And he would go, I don't know. And we'd be like, this sucks. You know, it sucks. It's really hard, but we're going to change all that. So even if it's one person, even if you can find one person, like-minded person, start small. Don't, do not, don't despise the day of small beginnings. The Bible says, just, you know, it, good things happen, but you got to be persistent. So even if it's just one person, but we'll, we'll get it going. Okay, William Shield, I'm 53 today, divorced twice and determined to do it God's way this time. Amen. Uh, let's see. People think I'm crazy. This is Tammy. As I'm pretty and successful businesswoman, I tell guys I'm abstinent straight away and they still wait. Can we kiss on dates? So this was a question I actually answered last time. Yes, you can kiss if you'd like to. <laughs> um, for me, I, I don't. I Listen, I haven't, I say all this to say, I haven't dated, okay, really. So I've been abstinent for two six-year stretches. And I, every time I say that, I have to tell people that for a little over three years ago, I actually made a mistake. So it hasn't been six years straight. It was six years straight when I first gave my life to Jesus. And then the last six years, I'm I was abstinent except for one night I slept with a girlfriend and it was just a mistake. It was just an accident. And, um, <clears throat> but all that being said, I haven't dated. So I can't imagine the level of temptation when you date because I haven't, I haven't loved someone. So I, I've just, what I've done a good job of setting up boundaries and removing the temp myself far from the temptation. So I didn't mess up. Um, and I keep girls in the friend zone and I want to, I will date and I want to date. Um, but I haven't been there. So, if it's someone, I would say this, if it's someone that you're in love with and you think, you know, you're moving toward marriage and you, I, I'm sure I'm going to kiss, I'm going to kiss. Now, would I be alone with them and make out? No, I would not because I know myself. Okay. And most people aren't honest with themselves when it comes to boundaries. They want to pretend that they're stronger than they are. I did the same thing. This is how I, I backslid uh, <clears throat> for several years because I was abstinent for six years and I thought I was stronger than I was. And I played with fire and I got burnt. And once I started down that slippery slope, I couldn't stop. And it, it, over the next five years, it, it damn near destroyed my life and a lot of my relationships. And I wasted a lot of time. So now my boundaries are up very far. I don't spend time alone with females. So I would say, you know, can you kiss in public? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, a monk. You know, I'm not a priest. So I would say yes, but I would not be alone. I would not Netflix and chill. Uh, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't Netflix with somebody alone. I would not watch a movie with them alone because that you're setting yourself up for um, failure. And all that really matters is what you can do. I say that all the time. Good intentions don't mean jack shit. All that matters is what you can do. So you can say you can have the best intentions to wait. Only three percent of the people in in the United States actually wait. So ninety seven out of a hundred never. Don't wait. Now, I don't know how many of them are trying. Most of them probably aren't trying, 
but only 3% weight. So I would say if you want to be in that 3%, you know, you, you, it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to be the equivalent of, you know, training for the Olympics. So you're going to have to be very disciplined and very strict. So, um, you know, if, if it's somebody that you feel strongly about, yeah, sure. Kiss in public, go for it. Um, but, but I, I would strongly recommend being alone with them and, and making out. So, um, what is your scripture in the Bible that helps you continue this life of purity? Good one, Celestine, Celestina, excuse me. Um, there's so many, I don't know that it's a specific scripture that keeps me on this path. I think for me, it's more, um, the call that God placed on my life. So when he called me, he told me he had something important for me to do. And, um, it, it, it scared me, you know, I didn't even know God was real up until then. So it scared me and, uh, I took it serious. I, I, I did not view myself as I was the furthest person from a religious person. I was the least religious person I knew. So, but he believed in me and I, and I, you know, it made me believe in myself and that really helped me be good for six years. And, and he also told me that he had someone for me and I, if, if I would wait, which I did. So over the last six years, I know that that calling is still on my life and I'm starting to make a larger impact. And, and I know that people are looking at me, um, for, you know, as an example or inspiration. So that honestly keeps me out of a lot of trouble. That that right there. If it wasn't for City Fam and the call that got on my life, I would I would mess up. I'm a hundred percent sure of it because it's it's hard. It's very hard. So I sympathize. I mean, it is right. It's a it's the right path. And again, I go back to it being selfish, but it is extremely difficult. And I don't know that I even I could do it if not for the call of God on my life. And if not for City Fam, because I know that I'm in this position of leadership, and I and it, it comes with responsibility. So, um, and then transparency is what the other part I wanted to add. So for me, like a big thing that keeps me out of trouble is honesty. So, you know, I, I don't know if I've, I've, I've told this, uh, I'm sure somewhere I did, but when I backslid, uh, it was the year was 2006. I had very good intentions. I, I, I was promoting a nightclub in Baltimore on Saturday nights. It was the hottest nightclub in town. And on Thursdays, I was leading a Bible study in the nightclub. It was, we were reading Purpose Driven Life. And I slept with a girl. I broke my six-year streak. It was very edgy ministry, obviously. I slept with a girl. I tried to keep it quiet. I slept with a second girl about a month later, and people found out about it. And when that happened, I, they judged me very harshly, and that's when I stepped down, and, and I spiraled slowly over the next few years. So for me, um, I, I, I need to be honest. I need to be completely transparent about my life. Um, when I slept with that girl three years ago, I posted on Facebook because I wanted to tell on myself. I wanted everyone to know, Hey, I've been outspoken about this and I'm letting everybody know I made a mistake and I'm committed to not doing it again, but I didn't want anyone to come up to me and say, ha ha, you know, we know something about you. Like, you know, honestly, I don't hide anything because I love it. And you know what? It's freedom. So if you can get to that place where you're completely honest about everything, about the way you live now, about your past, about everything. When, when the devil, you know, when you could talk about it, the devil can't hold it over your head anymore. So I love the freedom that I get to live in because I can say, Hey, look, I was a stripper. I was a male whore. I was a nightclub promoter. I was all these things. And I, but you know what? You don't have any bullets in your gun. I took them all out because I'll tell on myself. So, but, but that, that freedom comes at a price. So, um, you know, I don't know 
if there's someone or people in your life that you can be really transparent with. But if, if you can, or if you can't, if you don't have anybody, find them. Because, you know, even in the 12-step program, they say you're only as sick as your secrets. So you have to be completely transparent, completely honest. And that, that transparency and honesty will keep you out of trouble because you know that you'll have to tell on yourself and you won't want to. You know, so I would I would highly recommend that. As far as verses, gosh, there's a million verses um, that you know I, I meditate on and I recite to myself. And for whatever reason, I can't think of any now. But you know, I will not. You know, made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a maiden, and um, that was something that Job said. And I mean, that's probably not it. I, I would say the biggest verse actually for me would be, "Let us not become weary in well doing, for at the proper time we will we will reap a harvest if we don't give up." So for me, that's it. Like you know, don't get tired. Yeah. It's so easy to get tired and quit. You get out into the wilderness. A lot of people want to run back to Egypt because it's, 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 you know, you're not completely happy, but at least, you know, you, you, it's familiar, you know, is what I say. But if you want to make it to your promised land, if you want to make it to that place of breakthrough where you're living the, the dream, um, you don't become weary and well-doing and, and the promise is there. It says you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. doesn't say when, might be a lot longer than you thought. It probably will. But if you don't give up, um, you'll reap. And that's that's probably the biggest verse for me. So um, let's see here. How would you pursue a relationship with someone who is in this who is on the same page as you? Excuse me. How would you pursue a relationship with someone who is on the same page as you in their walk with Christ as well as abstain, as well as abstaining from sex, but you know self-control is a big weakness you deal with? Mm. Well, I'd have strong boundaries. You know, I so I, I, I know some people. I have some people in my life that weighed it. Um, one of them is uh, my pastor and his wife. They weighed it, and um, you know they did they they did certain things. You know um, to successfully wait one of the things and i thought i think this is funny i always remember is, is they could only touch where there were clothes you know so <laughs> anywhere there wasn't clothes uh hold on wait yeah anywhere no, no no they could only touch where there wasn't clothes sorry check that they could only touch where there wasn't clothes so like it could touch an arm a hand whatever but if there were clothes over top of it you, they couldn't touch there so you couldn't like make out with them and grab their butt or whatever so i would say you know, that, that's probably a pretty good rule. That's pretty good boundaries. Um, but you know, people ask questions all the time, like, Hey, can, what about oral? Can we, can, you know, is oral sin? And yeah, <laughs> it is. And not only that, but you're still in danger of falling in the sex trap. You're still in danger to bonding with the wrong person, you know? So uh, remember why you're doing this. You're doing this because you want to think with a clear head. You want to be able to evaluate that person with a clear head and see if there's any red flags, anything telling you that you should not be with this person long term. And then listen, and once you're sure, get married as fast as you want and have all the sex. I'm not against sex. Sex is awesome. Sex is amazing. God invented sex. But what we're saying is this is a way for you to find out if it's the right person. Fornication is a sin for everyone. Thank you, Tatiana. Um. So do you think your parents would be proud knowing there are children following the religious beliefs that they taught them? Or do you, do they not expect them to follow what they are teaching? I think parents are proud when you follow, of course. Um, I went on a date with a nice gentleman. He asked for a kiss and I told him no. He asked if I'm uncomfortable and, and, and I act like I'm a virgin. I said, yes, I'm waiting until marriage. He then told me, 
I would never find anyone and no one, no one won't wait. And also that I would be lonely forever. Of course he did because he's trying to manipulate, manipulate you. And he might just be that stupid that he doesn't think anyone's out there, but yes, men will say and do whatever to have our way to get unrestricted sex. I said this in the last video, we'll be funny. We'll be charming. We'll be the perfect gentleman. We'll spend money on you. We'll take you on trips. We'll do anything to have sex without commitment, you know, without real commitment, which is marriage. Because at the end of the day, we know that marriage is hard to get out of. So we don't want to give that because we know if we're not in love, that it's going to be very difficult for us to get out of. So that's why it was supposed to be at the exact same time. The woman gives the sex as the man gives the commitment. And that's the way it was supposed to be. And that's the way that works. So, um, yeah, I would, I would not pay that person any mind, but there's another good reason why to put it out there quickly. Uh, and even on your dating profile that you're abstinent and waiting because why even waste your time with a, a loser like that? You know, if that's, you know, to me, I'd, I would have rather used that night to work on something that I'm passionate about than spend time with somebody that's going to tell me no one would wait and I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. So quickly, I want to get through these questions. I have to end this call in a few minutes, but um, <clears throat> let's see. Rob, you say you don't Netflix because you know yourself, but would you trust any woman to stand her ground on no sex and to help keep your promise to God? <clears throat> well, would I Netflix with my with the girl that I was dating? You know, honestly, let's say you're, I would imagine the minimum time I'm going to date when I meet the girl that I'll marry would be a year. So would I never Netflix with her in a year's time? That's probably unrealistic. I might, you know, um, but I'd have to say I'm really sure that this is the one maybe even engaged before I'd want to be putting myself alone. But no, I wouldn't because the girl that I messed up with three years ago, um, you know, she, she made me feel stupid when I, because we, so basically what happened was we were friends and we were spending time together and I felt like it was getting dangerous. And I talked to her about it and I said, Hey, look, I don't think we should spend time alone together. Um, and she made me feel like I was stupid and said, I would never let that happen. We're too good of friends, all this crap. And I let her make me believe that. And the very next time we hung out, we had sex. So no, I wasn't a trustful girl. And you know, now if it was a girl that I was really, if it was the girl that I'm going to marry, I'm, I'm guessing that she's going to be committed to waiting too. And, and there's going to be times that I feel weak and she's going to hold me up and she's going to be like, no, you know, we, Let's just pump the brakes. And there's going to be times maybe where she feels weak and I'll be strong for her. And that's what I imagine it's like. Um, so, you know, I, I, there will be a time where I'll have to trust uh, a female and, and, you know, potentially be alone with her. But it's going to be someone that's vetted and that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really sure that I'm moving towards marriage with. So you said, I would, I would super love to hear your opinion on masturbation. I think my boyfriend just received a dream from Jesus on this issue last night. So I, I actually had the guy from uh, Australia ask me about that. And he's like, do you, you know, is that part of your, you know, your program for, for abstinence? <clears throat> and um, in no way do I condone masturbation. You know, I, I know it's a sin. Do I do it? Yes, I have. Uh, you know, is, is it as much of a struggle as it was before? No. Um, you know, I think I talked about this on the last video, but 
Jesus said, you know, if you lust after a woman in your mind's eye, you commit adultery in your heart. So even if you're thinking about something, you know, you're sinning. And, and I don't want to feed that animal any more than I already have. So for me, I, I don't condone it and I, I do it as little as possible, but I'm human and it has happened. Um, you know, when it has happened, I try to minimize it as much as I can, meaning like I won't not uh, for the, you know, rarely would I ever look at porn. Um, and because, you know, to me, that's like poison. And, you know, I might think about something from my past or whatever. But again, I'm not condoning it. I think it's wrong. Uh, I would I would do your best to um, take that sexual energy and redirect it, which is what I talk about with sex transmutation. It's a principle found in uh, Think and Grow Rich. And if you harness that sexual energy, you can use it to do, um, you know, more beneficial things than just express it physically. <clears throat> so um, I hope that answered your question. I call that eight, my eight-mile rule. Honestly, about, about who you are and where you're at is absolutely freedom in Christ. The devil can't add anything or take anything when you're willing to be transparent. Amen to that, John. Is there a Sydney fam in Sydney? Or somewhere I can hang out that have the same values as City Fam, not yet. But I did talk to somebody in uh, Sydney, Australia, two days ago, and we'd love to get it going there. So for anyone that's watching, we we kind of created a turnkey process to get a City Fam started. And um, for those that you don't that don't know, so City Fam isn't faith based, and the idea really just kind of came from a personal need. So it, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. Um, I started, you know, I, I cut off, I had a really active social life. So I was 27 years old when I, when I became a Christian, I was a nightclub promoter. I was out four or five nights a week in the bars, in the clubs, drinking, you know, girls, drugs, like it was a crazy lifestyle. I met Jesus. I was, was like, okay, suddenly aware that he was real and he was who he said he was. And, um, I, I, I had to make some radical changes. So I cut off all my friends. I quit promoting. And I started going to church on Sunday and, and I got lonely very quickly. Now, I always tell people I would have done what everybody else did uh, if not if God had not told me about this girl, about waiting for, for my soulmate, that he would bring her to me. I would have dated out alone in loneliness like everybody else. But I didn't do that because of it. I was waiting for him. And uh, I, I didn't think it would be long. And I thought it would be maybe a week or two or maybe a month. And um, it turned into six years of me waiting. And, and during that time, I got extremely lonely. I started looking for um, I started looking for a group of people to hang out with that had the same values as the ones that I was developing. And I couldn't find them. So I would go to church on Sunday and I just could not relate to the people because to me, they were a little bit weird and they just weren't doing anything fun on the weekends, at least anything that I considered fun. And, and I was like, I couldn't find them out there. I went to, I went to place, I, went, I looked everywhere that I could think of and I just couldn't find them. So eventually I just gave up and I just start, I just went to the movies every weekend for about six years and uh, I tried my best to avoid trouble. And, and I would, every three months or so, I would get so burnt out, so pent up with, with energy that I wanted to be around people, I would go to the bar and I would meet up with some of my old friends and I would drink too much or I would do something else that I regret it. And then I would, the next day I'd feel guilty and I'd stay in for another three months. And that pattern continued for six years until eventually I had the idea for city fam where I thought, Hey, I can make a difference from the inside. I can, I can, I started to see my friends lives falling apart. My old friends lives were starting to fall apart from all the bad decisions. And I thought, man, I can help them. I can't get them to come to 
you know, 12 step or church, or, or I can't get them to come over to these places where they, where they probably need to be, but I can go to them. And I thought, you know what, I can give myself a social life and I can also help them because I can help them from the inside. And that's, that was really where the idea of city fam came from. I, I backslid, like I said, and you know, I, I kind of spiraled down for a few years, but I recreated it. I, well, I mean, the idea came back to me when I rededicated and, uh, you know, and now it's this movement. And it's uh, it's really just about becoming the best version of yourself. It's not it's not the Jesus group. It's not the sober group. There's a lot of people that drink in it. There's people that have sex in it. You know, I, I'm I, I feel like for me, I'm sober and I'm sex free. I am I am drinking some kratom right now, just to be completely transparent with all of you guys. So occasionally I, I'll have uh, kratom, which is this uh, leaf from Southeast Asia. It's it's in the coffee family, but it kind of relaxes you. And um, but, uh, you know, I've been sober for six years and I've been abstinent basically for six years. And um, and those are and those are just selfish decisions, you know, for me. Not everybody in, in City Fam is either, you know, but it is about becoming the best version of yourself and figuring out what is preventing you from doing that. So if, if alcohol or, drug, you know, alcohol is preventing you from becoming the best version of yourself, then let's let's take a look at that. Let's get it out of the way. You know, it, some people it's not. I have a lot of friends that can drink in moderation and God bless them. I'm just not one of them. And if it's sex, if that's, you know, standing in the way, let, let's look at that. I believe if you're having sex out of, outside of marriage, that it's, there's a pretty good chance that it is standing in the way of you becoming the best version of yourself because it's prevent, it could be preventing you from finding the right person. You could be with the wrong person. If you're sure you're with the right person, then just get married, right? It's that simple. So, um, but yeah, that's what City Fam is. And, you know, like I said, we do, we do a lot of fun stuff. We do a lot of social events. We were always doing something. I'm act, the reason I'm ending this call is we're actually going to go watch an outdoor movie tonight and in Fells Point as Wonder Woman's playing. We're going to go pull up, pull up some lawn chairs and watch it. And we, we do a lot of volunteering together. And the reason that, that we do that is because when I started volunteering through my church, I really started to like myself again. And, I, and when you see, I see people do it, when they get their eyes off themselves, they become a better version of themselves because they start becoming part of a solution instead of part of a problem. And you'll see people, you know, be able to beat addictions and, you know, just they'll drop their shitty boyfriend or their girlfriend, you know, cause they're not thirsty and they have good community and, and healthy relationships. And just, you see amazing things happen. So we have a turnkey system for helping people get these things started. And it really is just starts with an eight week small group. So if you're watching this and you're like, Hey, I'd like to learn more about city fam, message me or actually you can just go to the city fam website there's a button there that says start a start a chapter and what we'll do is we'll send you an eight-week curriculum where you're gonna and you don't have to use this curriculum let me say that up front but we developed a curriculum based off the book why waiting works where you'll meet for eight weeks in a house probably on a friday or saturday night and you'll talk about the book and you'll wrestle with some of these ideas so, and you may agree and you may not agree and that's okay listen i i've invited people to the to the uh, small groups that don't agree with me. And I'm like, listen, disagree. We want your perspective. It's okay. I, but I think that when you get people in, you know, healthy community, um, that's what, that's what we're here for. Like we're, we were meant to genuinely connect with each other. And, uh, sometimes these appetites, especially sexual appetites get in the way of that because we'll, we'll you know, I don't know how many relationships I burned because I, I didn't know how to pump the brakes when I got around, you know, when, a, when, a, when a woman showed me attention and, you know, I took it and, you know, I burnt relationships and then eventually I didn't have healthy community. I didn't have good friends because I, I, I you know, it's, it's anti-community sex without commitment is, is the anti is anti-community. So anyway, I'm rambling a little bit, check out 
cityfam.com. You can hit the start a chapter button. I did want to mention one other thing. I created a Patreon account. Um, I just learned about Patreon. So that's a way for people to support creators. Um, so for the last five years, um, you know, we've been doing city fam really officially three and a half years, but we've been doing it longer than that unofficially. And, um, I've never paid myself. The organization has never paid me. I give everything to it. I work, you know, 12 or 15 hours a day, every day. And, um, you know, I, I really want to get to a point where I never have to pay myself through the organization because I don't want to take it, but I want to be able to create content. I believe that the message that I have is very important and the way that we're getting it out there is very different than any way than it, that any other way that I've seen. So we want to be, I want to be able to, um, you know, support myself so I don't have to uh, have clients on the side. So I have a couple of social media marketing clients on the side that I, I, I scratch out a living and just let everybody know I'm, my living situation, because I'm completely honest about everything. I drive a borrowed vehicle and I live in a, a room in a house with a guy I went to high school with that lets me stay there for free. So I keep my expenses as low as I can so that I can give everything to City Fam and not take anything. So I'm trying to create, uh, I'm trying to build up enough uh, support for myself that I can give more time to uh, this, to creating content, to pushing out videos, to pushing out uh, podcast interviews and social media content and really helping people see the truth because I was on a dead end road for a long time and I didn't know it. I just didn't know. So I want people to, to know the truth and it doesn't mean they're going to necessarily get off, but at least if they're educated, they have a better chance of getting off. So I want to do that. And in order to do that, I need to hire somebody to work with me to, um, you know, help us to create the content, to shoot videos of, there's so many things that you guys don't see. Like I really want to show people the culture of city fam because it's unique. It's special. It's different. It's different than anything else in the world. Like to me, you got like, you got, you know, the bars, you got the church, you got, you know, AA over here. We're like, we're something in the middle of everything. We're different than all those things. Um, you know, we rec we, we push it right up to the line, you know, as far as like, we want to find out where's the line, like how much fun can we actually have without doing something regret? Cause a lot of stuff just doesn't matter. You know, like I cost a lot because it doesn't matter. You know, like there are certain things that just don't matter, but there are things that do matter. And we recognize that really can wreck your life. So we don't want to do those things but we want to do everything else. So I really want to, I really want to um, create as much content around city fam and show people who we are so that they can say, wow, this, this is what I was looking for. I need, and then in my, my humble, but accurate opinion, what's going to happen is as people discover us, they're going to come to Baltimore and, and we're going to, we're going to let them experience it. We're going to let them feel it for themselves. And then we're going to send them back to their towns and teach them how to do it. And that's how we're going to bring massive change to the world. So we're going to have city fams go in every major city of the world, I believe, um, at, at one, one day. And in order to do that though, we need to create a lot of content. We need to show people what it is so that they see that this actually exists and that they'll want to come here and experience it. And then we'll teach them how to do it. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do. So if you, uh, I'll post a link to this, to the Patreon account. If you've watched this long, thank you. Um, if you want to, you know, support me even at a dollar a month, whatever, um, I greatly appreciate it. Um, but I'm hoping to build up enough support that I can, um, you know, jump and not have to, um, take any marketing clients and then I can hire someone to create more content. And it, I promise you it, it's good seed. It's a good soil to put seed in if, if you believe in what we're doing. So, um, yes, BB, wait, you're in Maryland. Sorry if you've already answered. Yes. I'm in, we're in Baltimore, Maryland. 
check us out at City Fan. We have an event this this Saturday. We're volunteering, uh, feeding some homeless on Saturday. And we have a big pool party for all our volunteers after. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for watching. Talk to you all soon. Oh my gosh.